This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey After Hours. And today's topic, we had talked about rescuing the beauty in our broadcast. And so... As promised, you know, we're going to go a little deeper. You know, well, we my question, pretty, and yeah, we, <laughs> I think we were flipped the shows there, didn't we? <laughs> oh, no, we're going deep. <laughs> oh, no. See, we went deep in the last one, but we are deep. Oh, we started you know, in the first grade, and we're going to go all the way through, no, we're not gonna through go college. <laughs> we're actually, we might make it a third if we're doing it. <laughs> so, all right. So, do you remember, Andy? Do you mm-hmm. remember? Yeah. Right. Ever passing the love note. Was that oh, something? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. We're talking about rescuing the beauty, like with the core desire. God has got this desire to rescue. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the idea of this whole series on the core desires yeah. is mm-hmm. we have a heart because God has that heart. Yeah. Yep. And so awakening our hearts and becoming wholehearted to see all that God really had for us was this idea that was a really good thing when we were crushing. Yeah. yeah. We didn't know it, but we've hidden that. Yep. And so we got to go back to that point where you were passing the notes, Andy. Yeah, so the the passing the notes, you know, that desire was awakened, you know, and, and it is in men. But, you know, kind of like it is when we get it to be adults, you know, when we start passing the note, it was usually something like, you know, do you lo- love me, yes or no? Or no, it was like. like we we didn't like, go as far. Well, that's true. You know, that's true. It was like. I like you. Do you like? But me? a lot of times, you didn't even have the you didn't even have the guts to go and do it yourself. So you had to have somebody else take the. Uh, oh yeah. Or ask the little friend. So we brought desire with no skill. <laughs> right. And great fear and intrepidation. Exactly. And and so most of those times it probably, you know, I don't know, ended up the little friend that delivered the notes, the one that got the girl because he had to, so he could talk to her. So here's the question, Rodney. <laughs> We're going deeper. Can you remember this action? Like you were going to call that girl, right? And you pick up the phone and you dial two numbers. Hang up. <laughs> Does this sound familiar? Pick it back up. Dial three numbers. Hang up. Oh, then, oh man, she you you make the call. Her dad answers. Hey. <laughs> sure. Does that sound familiar, Rodney? No, no, not at all. Really, never no, had it. Happen. Never made the. Never got to making the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney didn't have a phone. How about the? Did you do the love me, love me not with the flower thing? Do you remember that? I think I did. I remember. I've got some memory of some point in time, probably doing that thing with some girl but i have no idea who she would have been that's what it's like man that's that's way See, too far for me you've buried it we, we uh, need I'm to uncover deep. we need to excavate we, we often excavate. do hide those memories deep in our subconscious when they're unpleasant so you had a really bad time up there. i guess so because it yeah. little first grader I, I know there was she like, shot you down man i, I, I can i can name <laughs> girls that were cute back then when they were young and it's like but i 
it was never like one specific like oh yeah no big crush it was just yeah yeah she's cute and that one's cute but that was it Oh, man, I remember I got to sit next to Ann on the bus one time. No. Oh, it was, oh, man. Oh, man. Great. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> Go ahead. I was remembering an Ann. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> Jim, Jim's you got one You couldn't mention the name of an Ann. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's in the phone book, Jim's liked her. And what page was that on the, uh, on the yearbook <laughs> was Ann on? Ann was 11th grade. Oh, okay. okay. So this a little more serious, but my, she didn't. Know I'm it either. fourth grade back there, you know, <laughs> on the bus. Like, oh my goodness, it 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 was the deal. I mean, it just was. And so, you know, those are th- those are memories that are really quite precious if you begin to just dig around in them. And so, we would suggest to you that, like, yes, God has that for you. That same crush, um, feeling that you you can have it for God. But but again, if you have that for your bride or for somebody you're pursuing like man this is really fun this was really like something that makes me come alive and makes me want to you know enjoy my life like it's it's something that really is really a neat feeling and and something that we are meant to have so sometimes it goes wrong and you're in the river and you're being chased by an indian so andy (laughs) (laughs) yeah something like that thanks for the Thanks for setting my clip up there, Rodney. So, uh, yeah, this movie's from uh, Last of the Mohicans, and and it's really a weird time in the um, frontier. Uh, It's French and Indian uh, are going against, like, the settlers and the English, and there's this um, protagonist, uh, Magua, that's chasing um, the settlers, and... um, so Hawkeye is talking to um, a, a beauty, um, somebody that he had connected with, and they're trying to escape these Indians, and they've gotten caught in a bad situation under this cave. You hear the water pouring in, and it's kind of the whole thing about where the man is basically making his commitment to come after the beauty and make sure that she is rescued. Right, because what's happening is they're fixed to be overrun. Yeah, and yeah, they almost chased, like right. they have, have no choice. Right, but if they don't, if the men don't leave, right, then obviously the Indians are going to kill everybody. Yeah. So yeah. the idea is, if the men leave, maybe they'll leave the women alive, and the men can come back, right, and actually rescue the beauty. And we won't do a total spoiler alert for you, but that's a <laughs> bit of a setup for it. Go ahead. If we go, there's a chance there won't be a fight. Stop powder. If we don't go in that, there's no chance. None. You understand? Coward. You've done everything you can do. Save yourself. If the worst happens, you stay alive. If you don't kill him, they'll take you north of the Huron land. You submit, do you hear? You strong. You survive. You stay alive, no matter what occurs. I will find you. No matter how long it takes, no matter how far, I will find you. So, yeah, in that, in that clip, I mean, it was just that commitment that he would be there. I think, I don't know if this is true, but you hear that one of the biggest fears of women is, is to be abandoned. And this whole idea of rescue is a matter of a man coming after a woman's heart in a way that they're seen and they're 
um, appreciated and they're, they're valued to the point that the man's willing to risk something to rescue them. And it's not like, I think um, Robbie talked in the first show about me and my daughter, we had a conversation and she knows, you know, I've told her about, you know, one of the, that being one of the core desires for a man is to rescue the beauty. And, you know, that's kind of can be offensive to some women because it's like, well, you know, I'm no damsel in distress that needs to be rescued. But I mean, God made a woman's heart, I believe, to be rescued by him first, God, but then ma- a masculine heart with good intentions. So, And so you had a chance, right? I th- we th- did, yeah. There was a, there was shortly after that, after we had this discussion, and I, I, you know, sometimes life is a, the best teacher. So there was a situation that came up, and I'm not going to get into the detail, but after that situation, I said, do you see how I had to step in here and rescue this doing this rescue for you for your heart because it was something that your heart needed and and she got it then because you know again she wasn't you know my wife she was my daughter but the same principle applies that we have to go over to the hearts we're focusing on their needs and what what we see in them and helping them achieve that so even in the garden of Eden. Eden, we see the original failed rescue, <laughs> right? That, and, and you can see this portrayed in so many movies, that, that Adam was right there, and here came, you know, evil chasing after Eve, and this was Adam's moment to step in and rescue the beauty, and unfortunately, he failed to do anything, and, you know, we, we all know the result of that. Well, you know, if you watch... And I think many people have seen the Netflix movie, A Christmas Bride. Well, you know, here's the scene where they're, you know, there's actually, I think, a Christmas, a princess bride, you know, the royal wedding is the the episode. And, And she wants to, you know, do her wedding her way and have her dress and all that stuff. And, you know, they have attendants that are making sure that she gets this dress and that and all that stuff. So they have this meeting with the with the king and her. And he has this perfect opportunity to say, no, we're going to do it my wife's way. Instead, he does not do that. And, and, and the big breakup happens right then when, she, when he does not come to her defense. And so we see this played out in our lives constantly. Like if my kids start jumping onto my wife, happens all the time, right? And here's my moment, even adult kids, right? Because I'm a little older, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm fully aware that if you do not, then your wife' heart gets crushed in this deal, and you've you've missed out on this opportunity. At least see that this was where you were supposed to rise up, and and you were supposed to come to the rescue. And okay, how exactly does all of this work, Harold? Well, one of the ways that my sweetheart thinks I rescued her is that for years, she would ask me, "Did I want her to get a college degree?" Well, she didn't need a degree for me. Uh, I, I loved her from the moment we met, but I knew how important it was for her. So when she finally decided that she was going to go, I supported her uh, totally. I did library research. I typed her papers. Uh, I held her feet to the fire and wouldn't let her run away in the last month. And she thinks that that's the most wonderful thing in the world that I did for her. 
she tells people that she could never have gotten her degree without me. And I wear that white hat with a big grin on my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that and there it is. It's an opportunity to actually step into these things, Jim. One of the things I want to defend myself first. Uh, you did <laughs> you did actually bring up a very painful memory. My first note was in the seventh grade to Debbie. I haven't thought about her Debbie. probably since the eighth grade. Oh, okay. And she checked the no, or she rejected oh, me in the oh. no. I never said another one until the 12th grade, and then we were already sort of chatting, but that was little. But most of mine were with my wife in first year of college. But all of these girls I had crushes on, until the 12th grade, I never shared that with the girls. So they were all unrequited, unresponded. Unrequited meaning... <laughs> no response. They didn't even know, so I guess it wasn't even unrequited. I love them from a distance. But in the twelfth grade, I took a chance and and failed, and that was uh, the first one. And that was at seventeen. And a couple months later, I went to college and met my wife and fell in love with her. And she was requited in October. Not unrequited. Yeah, she she requited, and that's the punchline I'm getting to because I I told her I mean we got married and I, okay we're going to we met in October and got married the following August we had we were 18 then and we really rescued one another because it was us against the world at that point which brought us together in a real way and we were each other's first which is very special and something to hold out for guys if you're in that position but it really is a matter, and what I wanted to address was what you were talking about. You said, you know, that having that security is important. Uh, we all want love, male and female. But most guys will say that respect is more important than love. And most women will say security is more important than love. And it's not security as in, you know, I got my house, garage, two and a half children. It is a security in relationships that is critical. And it is so easy for us to, to crush women just by not being there for them. Uh, and I did that to my wife multiple times. But when we went to Alaska in 2000, 21 years ago, I finally got the respect I'd wanted all those years because I was willing to sacrifice for her when she was in a terrible place. So, Harold, did you guys do notes on, like, papyrus? What did you use? <laughs> Smoke signals. <laughs> Smoke signals. <laughs> Seriously, did you have some back in the day, in the 40s, was it? Probably when you were in elementary school? Yeah, mid-40s I would have been in elementary school. Yeah, there were little notes like that. You know, do you like me? Yes or no? Please check. <laughs> I think that's universal. Been around a long time. If they did it in Alabama, you know, it was pretty much, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, we obviously all are very thankful for all the, the years that you have and the experience. But, you know, here we are. You know, you guys have been married, what, 50? 57 Going on 58 come June. Right. And so I, I'm i like 
beyond blessed to have Harold and his wife in our regular meeting. We do Thursday mornings, the Christian Business Men's Committee, even though Jan always comes. And so I know as a couple that you two are as romantically involved at 80, maybe more so than you ever were, right? Yeah, I love her dearly. And she knows it. I make no secret about it. I think that's important for men to do. Too many men say, well, I told you I loved you on the day we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Well, that's just being stupid. But what I want to get at, it, you know, since we're going deeper, is he's 80, and it's still going on, guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to put it other than that. You know, it's am I right, Harold? And it's still going on. Like, you guys have a very intimate, very close, deep, beautiful relationship Yes. That is completely like date nights and all that stuff. A lot. Yeah. Uh, she loves the fact that I always open the car door for her. That's a practice that I uh, started before we were married. I'm not talking about opening the car. Yeah, door. I know. I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I'm talking about other ways. Of nice. Showing, <laughs> I'm talking about other ways of showing love and respect. So here's the thing, Harold. I don't think, you know, I imagine when I was a 30 or 40-year-old man, I thought, man, by the time I get 80, this is going to be, you know, this ain't going to work. <laughs> but it's not like that at all, is it? Well, it changes, but it doesn't have to end. Yeah, it's 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 a neat thing. But I, I think it's really helpful to have men around. I do think it's helpful to have men around to tell you that, hey, you know, you can have a beautiful, intimate relationship on on and on and on and i can't imagine what you know where where it all is going but you know i'm not up to harold yet but i still you know am still really really thrilled to be married to tammy 33 years and i was like man i never thought it would get better and better and better and better but it does yeah because it, there is that sense of man nobody's going anywhere at this point <laughs> well w one of the things that that i have loved to talk about with with guys is the fact that when you're married to someone as long as we've been married, there's an awful lot of remember whens. You, you you say, hey, sweetheart, you remember when and we did this, we went there, whatever. So, you know, after 57-plus years, we got a lot of remember whens. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you because, and, and again, you raised a family, and now you've raised grandkids together. I mean, you got grandkids that are all serving our country. Yeah. And, um, you know, just a really beautiful thing for people. Like, that is part of what I love about the masculine journey and the idea of being in community with young men, with, with, with you know, men in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, because you get an idea of the whole spectrum of, of, of what God has, and it's a treasure. One of the things that I think is really important is being willing to share. If you know, if, if a younger guy is is fixing to undergo something that you've been through, you know, we've talked about the scripture that talks about bringing comfort where you've been comforted, and I think I think being willing to share your successes and also your failures, I think that's very important because you can help people stay out of trouble by sharing oh yeah yeah and or comfort them once they've gone into the same ditch that you found yourself in <laughs> numerous times right i mean there we are 
Yeah. And and so it's you know it, it really is. So Danny, usually you have tremendous words of wisdom for us. So I'm I'm curious what you've been thinking over there. Think about how many times I've been in the ditch with these relationship <laughs> things. Um, the uh, needed one of those. What is it, a motor grader to clean the ditches out? Um, you know, by the time I was 30, I was convinced I had no idea about relationships. I mean, I had just, my life was not pretty at that point. But, you know, God's redemption is great because I'm now married to Michelle, not the one from first grade, if you were listening to the first show. <laughs> it didn't work out that way. But, you know, we will have been married 19 years next month. And the redemption and the restoring of the things that the locusts have eaten have been great. And, and I love what somebody said about it. We kind of rescued each other. And because she'd been through two pretty traumatic marriages, especially the second one. And he was not a nice guy. And sometimes she questions the third one. That's me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'd been through two marriages and, and that kind of thing. But there is that part of. I love what Harold said, that you remember when. And Michelle and I spent the weekend at the beach by ourselves this weekend, and we were talking about the laughing that we do now, just us and the dogs at the house, and we laugh and we cut up. And, you know, even after all this time, and I can't imagine if it just gets better and better, we'll just giggle all the time by the time we're 80. So, Yeah, it's pretty cool, right, to have somebody – around in your circle of friends that that you know has had that and, and 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 you can you know glean from it and whatever so the idea again is your heart has all the capacity to love that it did when you were crushing on that girl in the third grade and jesus came to bind up the broken heart and so we lose pieces of our heart we just do but the neat thing about boot camp, I can honestly say in my own life, was it, it's, it's shown me that it may hurt to go back into those places and ask Jesus to come in and help recover those little pieces of broken heart that have, were broken off along the way that have caused me to want to hide those desires and, and, and actually come alongside me in trying to restore, you know, what it was we originally designed to do. And so, you know, Rodney, I'm, you know, one of my neatest things, I get to see young men like you that have come up, you know, joined us at these boot camps out there rescuing. And so you've got the talk, the beauty, the rescue, the beauty talk. <laughs> yeah, we're going in some deep waters here because this, this talk is every boot camp is one of those that you – I'm surprised at how much I get out of the talk because everybody seems to do it different, differently and have different places where they're at when they do the talk. Because I remember Jim's last time, I just kind of blew me away and I was just like, there's, I'm like, why am I still getting blown away at this specific talk each time it comes up? I'm like, there, there's something there, right? So it's like, that's where I'm still digging around with God right now for this upcoming talk. And I've I've got way more notes than I got time for, so it's it's like okay, I got to whittle down. Well, you to got a thirty important. second clip you got to set up, so okay, let me set that up. Yeah. All right. So, men, when you go down the wrong path, and you're going to as, as far as adultery, that's in this clip here. This is fatal attraction, and this is how bad it can really get, guys. So what can I get you? 
got scotch, I've got vodka, I just and I should leave them. Just cut it! I don't know what you're up to, but I'm gonna tell you it's gonna stop right now. No, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna go on and on until you face up to your responsibilities. What responsibilities? I'm pregnant. I'm gonna have our child. Alex, that's your choice, honey. That has nothing to do with me. I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my apartment? Well, what am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. That statement right there has stuck with me from the moment I heard in that movie. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. And it's like, oh, my gosh. That just jumped right out at me forever. I always remember that clip from that movie and what he got himself into. Because watching the movie, I'm thinking this isn't real. This is just, he's got a beautiful wife and a great kid and a great family life, all this wonderful life over here. And he's going to go waste all that with her. It just did. It made no sense until I got older and figured out there was more things going on in the world. But I just remember that so vividly of, wow, this is just messed up because I was, probably too young to watch a movie like that but yet was watching a movie like that because you know he's, he had like hbo or something and he's like watching it late at night and you know you're the only one up yet and you're just like what the heck is going on here but those kinds of relationships and those kinds of things are so real for so many people and if you want to get restored there's only one one way to go and that's with jesus and he's the only one that's going to be able to do that we talk about what happened in the garden like you were saying and He's going to come for you at some point in time. And uh, all I'm just hoping is everybody says, yes, I, I want to be rescued. Yeah, because we obviously we're talking about the core desire that we want to awaken in your heart. But we also, you know, part of the boot camp is we talk about battle, but then we're going to have a warfare talk. You know, we talk about adventure and then we got your place in the story talk to, to, to show how, you know, we're going to get into these that, that Sam was all buffaloed, right, Andy? And and you, you actually can straighten him out now. So Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, back on adventure. So um, I went to uh, Colorado boot camp uh, in 2018, I believe it was, and Bart had talked to it. And Bart's always done the talk, and he talked about desire and risk and uh, validation that go into adventure and finding your calling. But there's three types of adventure that we deal with casual being the kind of the go out and find fun stuff to do then you have crucial where you're taking care of your family and your career and then critical adventure you're calling what god's called you to do for the larger story in your life so sam we just want to get you straight there you know we don't want you to miss out on that (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile to get all that stuff you got to go to masculinejourney.org register for the boot camp next week we would so love to see you And, of course, you can always just email any of us. We'd love to deal with any topic you want us to. We're just so grateful that you listen and walk with us on this podcast all around the world. It's amazing, all the people that are listening. We thank you for doing that. This is the Truth Network.